WWI Daily Edition. I'm your host, Thomas Frank Carr. We have a really great show for you this week. Don't forget, coming up, we have information and up-to-date news from Penn State Training Camp, where you got the information earlier today. Uh, we have camp tonight. We'll give you that information as the week goes on. But right now, we have a very special guest, a guy who knows quite a bit about training camp at the college and NFL level, a former Oakland Raiders quarterback, former Philadelphia Eagle, Kansas City Chief, Houston Texan, a guy who's been at both levels professionally. That would be former Penn State quarterback, Matt McGloin. Matt, welcome to the show. What's up, guys? I appreciate you having me on. And the guy that normally gets the fanfare and introduction, Nate Bauer, also here today. So, Nate, uh, thanks for joining us. Thanks for coming on and making all this possible. I was a little disappointed that you didn't start with me, but I'm going to get over it. <laughs> it's, I'm going to work it, my way through it. Listen, I have Midwestern hospitality. Your guests are always served first. So we went with Matt, then with you. But you can kick us off if you'd like. You know, the floor is yours. That's that's fair. I'll I'll defer to Mr. McGloin over here. Matt, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, man. T. Frank and I were uh, talking a little bit earlier here while you were having some technical difficulties, you know, <laughs> about, uh, you, know, uh, you know, last week at training camp. And I was saying, man, like, you know, especially now that I do the Pater podcast with Tom Hannafin, you're trying to like find stuff to talk about, you know, throughout the course of training camp, even though, you know, we're all anxious and we're all, you know, waiting for week one, because that's what we really want to talk about. We want to talk about the actual play itself. So, you know, as fun as training camp is, man, uh, you know, it's, I've had it with training camp talk, man. So I'm looking <laughs> forward to the season. It all, look, the season always sneaks up on you. It really, really does, man. Um, you know, whether you're playing or not. Uh, so uh, it's exciting. And uh, I mean, heck, man, I'm, you know, Illinois, Nebraska this weekend, man, that's gonna be awesome. I was, I was going to ask you, what's, how, how is the, the transition to, uh, to our side of the camera being uh, a, a media member? Have you, do you feel like you're dirty? Do you need to wash yourself? Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, man, like, I've been doing it for a little while now. I've worked for Sirius XM since October. Uh, so, I mean, look, I'm an X's and O's guy. Like, I like just watching the game and break and play down. Um, I really, really enjoy that. Uh, you know, I, I just have to watch being so emotional and so passionate about the game itself. I try to, I try to stay laid back and you know, as best I can and not, uh, you know, get too fiery. Can, can you do that? How, how's that gone so far? And what do you expect it to be like uh, this season when you're watching Penn State games? That's whatever game I really watch, I get, I get, I get fired up watching. I, I know um, it's just exciting, man. I enjoy the game. You know, I played the game for a long time. You know, so I just, I watch it a different way. Um, you know, you want people to play good, man. You know, I mean, I want to see everybody yeah. do well. I want to see everyone do well. Um, you know, so when you see mistakes happen that shouldn't be made, that's where I get fired up at. When you see a guy throw a bad ball, that's where I get fired up at, man. Um, you know, so. Uh, is, it, uh, is it always the quarterback's fault or is it never the quarterback's fault? I, I've been meaning to ask this for a long time. That depends on the situation. It really does, man. Uh you know, I'd like to think I was hard on myself as a player. Um, you know, so all those times media members like you guys criticized my play and my performance. That, you know, that, that, that wasn't anything. Other, like, I was telling myself the same things, guys. I was telling myself, you got to do better. You got to be better. Uh, you got to work harder. You got to prepare more. You know, so, you know, I think it's the players like that who are really hard on themselves day in and day out. 
you know, the ones that never feel comfortable, the ones that never feel like they're there. I think it's those guys that have the most success. Yeah. What, what, uh, can you tell us about what you're doing? I mean, the, the, obviously the Sirius XM stuff and, and, uh, you know, what, obviously the podcast as well, but whatever, what, the things that you're doing uh, in this season that's upcoming. Yeah, right. So I've been working for Sirius XM, ESPN, New Big Ten Radio uh, since October. Worked with a great, uh, great group of guys, you know, uh, Pete Pistoni, uh, Rhett Lewis, Jason Horowitz, you know, Ben Hartsock, Bobby Carpenter. Um, you know, we've got a great group of guys. Uh, we do Big Ten this morning, Big Ten Today, channel, uh, uh, channel 372, Sirius XM. So that's fantastic. I'm doing the Pater podcast with Tom Hannafin now. And I'll have some a uh, few opportunities with Big Ten Network here. Um, you know, coming up when the season starts, man. Um, so it's good. I'm excited just to be back around the game. Yeah. You know, I think that's something as a former player you, you really do miss is just kind of being involved and kind of being in that world and, and living in that fishbowl, I guess. Uh, you know, so uh, I think this is a cool opportunity for me. Um, as you guys know, I'm, I mean, I majored in broadcast journalism. So this was kind of always the plan in the back of my head. Um, so I'm excited about it. I'm excited to see where it goes. Yeah, you was... Another, another fellow oh. class of 2012 alum. We graduated, we graduated the same year from the, from the same school, but never met you at school, which is uh, always weird how that happens at Penn state. Uh, one quick question. Uh, you said you watch the game differently. Now, are you on, uh, are you on recorded and then you rewind to play three times or are you just mad that you can't see the coverage from the broadcast view when you're watching it differently? Which one, which one are you doing? I'm mad that I can't, I don't have, I'm mad that it's not coach tape. I'm mad yes. that you don't see the whole field. Like as if you're looking down on top of the field, I'm glad, I'm mad. I can't see the back angle either. Uh, that's, I wish they would do that more. Um, yeah. The, the sky cam is my favorite when you get those replays. Yeah. I'm like, Oh, I can finally see what is actually happening. Well, that's the thing too, because you, you know, a lot of times you're watching TV and, and people are, are, are quick to criticize a throw or where a guy's going with the football. Half the time you can't see what the coverage is. Yeah, <laughs> you know, so, I mean, he's probably going there for a reason. Uh, but yeah, I, I wish they showed more of that coach camp from the side and that coach camp from behind. So everybody can see, you know, what's actually happening. Matt, were you, were you able to get to any games last season? I mean, uh, obviously with everything, the way that uh, things were shut down, did, did like, will this be your first return to uh, an in-person experience this, this coming season? Um, I think so. Yeah. I mean, I did the radio 2019 at Penn state. So that was awesome. Uh, you know, it was great being on the field and seeing the game from a different angle, I guess. Right. I, I mean, I was actually the first time I was actually able to just to stand there and look around and enjoy being in Baber stadium, you know, <laughs> the, ner the nerves weren't there. Uh, you know, the excitement and the energy, all that was there. Um, you know, I think I prefer, you know, being a player as opposed to standing there and calling the game. But I mean, you know, I bet you so, so would everybody else probably, uh, but no, obviously look last year, I, I wasn't there. They, they weren't doing sign line radio. Uh, you know, this year I, I declined to do Penn state radio, uh, which is unfortunate, you know, but I loved working with Steve Jones. I loved working with Jack Ham. I loved working with Roger. They got a great group of guys there. So I wish uh, we could have made that work this year, but you know, it is what it is. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, hopefully I can make it to a few Penn state games this year. Yeah. It's always interesting how, how, and I'm glad you brought that up of wanting to be on the field and kind of that, 
do you get that helpless feeling or is it more of you want to get in there and be like, hey, I you need to do this. You need to do this. Has, has coaching ever come up in your mind of like you yeah. see what somebody's supposed to do? Because you were a very smart, cerebral player. You clearly like knew what you were doing on the field. Did that ever cross your mind of maybe being a coach or something like that? Absolutely. Uh, and, and, you know, you know, I, I talk about it all the time and, you know, T Frank, you're not the first person that's asked me or mentioned that to me. I feel like I've gotten that a lot, you know, over the past year, over the past 18 months is, you know, what the next step would be. Why don't you get into coaching this and that? And I mean, I, I would love to, but you know, it's just, uh, I just kind of kind of been in that world. You know, I, I've seen, just that schedule that coaches have, man. And, you know, what I mean by that is like, you may be in one place for one year, you may be some, somewhere else the next year, you know, you may last somewhere three years and then have to go somewhere else for two years. You know, right now where I'm at in my life, you know, my wife and I, we have a two and a half year old baby boy. We're having another boy in January. Um, you know, family's important to me. It's, it's, it's the most important thing to me. So if I have to put, you know, coaching aspirations aside for a few years to, have a family and, 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 you know, have some stability in our lives. I'm more than glad, more than glad to do that. Uh, you know, do I think the door will ever close on coaching? I don't think so. Um, you know, but listen, I, I, I love where I'm at right now in my life. Uh, love being able to talk about the game, love being able to be around the game in this capacity. Um, do I think I'll, I'll get the itch one day to coach? Probably. Do I know when that day will come? I don't, uh, you know, so we'll see. I, I appreciate a man who values his hairline because you're right. The hours and, and all of the stuff that goes into being a coach is, I'm, you know, firsthand from being around the game yourself and being a quarterback, you're, you're, you're on that level as a quarterback, but the, the amount of hours that coaches put in is, uh, is insane. Yeah. You know, it's not, I don't necessarily think it's about, you know, the hours. I mean, I love to grind, man. I love to work. You know, I don't mind it. Uh, I, I just, uh, you know, I go back, like I go back and forth, you know, about, you know, the moving, you know what I mean? There's right. just, there's not a lot of stability in coaching, uh, at least right now. So, but yeah, man, you know, you again, you know, you never know. We'll see. So what you're doing now, the pay Dirk podcast with Tom Hannafin, uh, you guys started a couple weeks ago, love the show. Um, as we talked about before, I actually have known Tom Hannafin for a good long while. How did you guys get hooked up and how did this podcast all start? Right. Yeah. So, I mean, look, I knew Tom was a, a Penn state guy. I mean, I've been a big fan of wrestling my whole life, you know, so obviously knew who he was as a, you know, as the, the lead announcer on you know WWE raw WWE SmackDown, uh, you know, and uh, actually, when I was doing my other podcasts, you know, we were talking a lot of college football, a lot of NFL football, things like that. But we also had on, you know, people from all over, um, you know, so I actually reached out to Tom, asked him if he wanted to you know, be on the podcast, uh, you know, talk a little bit about his life, his career, how he got started with WWE, things like that. And we just kind of kept in touch, um, you know, since then. Um, uh, Believe Podcast Network reached out to me about doing a Penn State podcast and no, my response was sure, but I'd like to pick the co-host. Um, you know, and Tom was my first call. You know, I knew he just recently parted ways with WWE. Um, I asked him if he wanted to be a part of the show, which he accepted, man. And, uh, you know, we uh, the third episode released yesterday. Um, you know, the, the support's been great. The feedback's been great. You know, our numbers have been good in terms of downloads and views, man. You know, so uh, I'm just glad. And what I mean by that is I'm glad people are just, you know, anxious to you know, talk about Penn State, anxious to listen 
about people talking about Penn State, um, you know, and Big Ten football as well, man. Um, you know, because I kind of feel like, you know, I got a lot of, I, I've been around a lot of great players, a lot of great coaches, man. So I got a lot of this uh, football talk in my head, man. So I think this is a good platform to get it all out. Yeah, uh, you're 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 in fine company then because that's all we do really is. And awesome. I know Nate does 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 basketball, but thousand percent football at all times. One last question for you, and I know Nate has a couple questions about uh, Penn State, but what? Where can people find the Pater podcast? And if they want to download it, and where they want to check it out, tell everybody where they can get the Pater podcast. Yeah, I mean, like Tom, Tom and I are both on uh, both on Twitter, both on Instagram. You go to our pages, check out our pages. I don't care if you follow me or not. Uh, but that's that's where you can find the uh, the information for the Pater podcast. You know, we're on Spotify, we're on Apple Podcasts, uh, uh, we're on YouTube. So basically, anywhere that you know you listen to your podcasts, you can find us. Matt, can we can we jog, uh, uh, take a trip down memory lane for a moment and reflect on your, your Penn State career? Go ahead. <laughs> seems like so, it seems like forever ago now. Uh, was, but. Yeah, I was going to ask, I mean, what, you know, uh, does it feel recent or does it feel like uh, a different lifetime? I think sometimes, sometimes it feels like a long time, but other times it, it, it doesn't, uh, you know, uh, I was just at Penn State uh, on Saturday. Um, my, my wife, my wife was a former cheerleader. So the uh, cheerleading uh, golf tournament, which I saw you at Nate, <laughs> That's right. uh, uh, which is why you asked me to be on the podcast, you know, uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, the, the cheerleading golf tournament was Saturday. So they had asked me to, uh, to you know, speak at it and do the opening, you know, so we drove down and uh, again, man, I feel like anytime that you're driving to Penn state or you're at Penn state, you know, you, you talk about your memories, talk about your experience there. In that sense, it doesn't feel like, you know, you've been gone that long. Um you know, but certainly when, you know, you see old highlights or old clips of yourself playing, you know, you, you look back and you're like, well, that was 10 years ago, man, or that was nine years ago, you know, 11 years ago or whatever it may be, man. Um, so it sure does fly by, dude. But uh, yeah, man, I, I love being back down at Penn State. It's just a special place, man. Um, a lot of great memories. Very thankful for my time there. Um, you know, very, yeah, man, you know, very fortunate, definitely. And, and it's always you know, great to have people, you know, bring it up or people talk about it, man. It'll support, you know, that, that I've, I've gotten, you know, has always been great. Just, just out of curiosity, do, when people talk to you, do people tend to ask you more about Joe Paterno and, you know, that kind of era versus Bill O'Brien and, you know, everything uh, that you went through in, in 2012, like what's the, What's the break? What are people most interested in when they talk to you about that stuff? You know, it's, it was, uh, so I get asked about both. I get asked about Joe and I get asked about OB and like, uh, you know, uh, the question usually is what was it like playing for Joe? And it, the question with O'Brien is like, how did you and O'Brien get along? <laughs> you know, like, so as like, if Joe Paterno was great to get along with for everybody. Right. Like he yeah. didn't have that side too. I just think, you know, uh, people, you know, people assume they know, like, what my personality or Bill O'Brien's personality, both, both, you know, high energy guys, both fiery guys, you know, guys, guys with, uh, you know, short fuse, you know, so my response, my response was, yeah, man, I mean, we butted heads a lot, you, you know, 
almost every day at practice. But, you know, I think that's why we got along so well. And that's why, you know, I was able to learn that offense fairly quickly because he demanded a lot out of me, but also demanded a lot of my, out of myself. And I think we both knew how good of a place that we were in there with him being a first year head coach. And then having myself who was a fifth year senior who had played some football, but was also really, really eager to learn. Um, you know, so that, I think that's why we got along so well. Um, and then, you know, look, obviously having the opportunity to play for Joe, you know, clearly he was towards the end of his, you know, really being a, being a hands-on coach. Um, you know, so, so when I look back on Joe, I mean, I definitely learned a lot about life. Um, you know, to this day, I'm never late. <laughs> you know, that's is Joe would never allow you to be late. Couldn't be late for anything. Um, I mean, obviously I have, I have Joe to thank for graduating because you didn't go to class. You didn't get good grades. You weren't playing on Saturday, you know, <laughs> and everybody knew that and everybody understood that, um, you know? So, I mean, again, just learn a lot of life lessons, having the opportunity to play for Joe, um, you know, and then obviously having O'Brien man was just an NFL type coaching experience. Um, it was really, again, it was really like being in the NFL before I got to yeah. Oakland. When, when, when you did get to Oakland, how much of that experience the, the prior year did you feel like prepared you for that experience? Like, I mean, yeah. could there you have no, been prepared if not? I mean, aside, you know, I mean, aside from just getting used to the speed itself of the game, um, you know, I don't think there was that much of a learning curve, uh, much of a learning curve in terms of the playbook itself, right? I mean, different terminology, but really a lot of the same stuff that we were doing. And I think what was huge is that, you know, he let me make all protection calls. If I had to, you know, uh, change a pass to a run, he let me do that, run to pass, run to run, whatever it may be, he let me do that. And I think it was that freedom and him saying, here, kid, you know, here's the key, here's the keys of the car, go drive. I think him allowing me to do that in 2012 is what made Oakland, you know, like me as a player, <laughs> what, what made Oakland keep me around. Um, you know, it was, you know, as T. Frank, you know, touched on earlier, it was kind of like, my, you know, my ability to process the information mentally, um, you know, go out there and, and, and then execute what, you know, my offensive coordinator, my quarterback coach wanted. Uh, and do that every, be able to do that every single day. Um, so 2012 was huge for me. And I, I've said it a million times, like if I didn't have Bill O'Brien, Charlie Fisher, Craig Fitzgerald, but have those guys, there's no way I, I, I make it with the Oakland Raiders. Now, I, go ahead, Nate. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm good. You, I, I just, I had to, I had to ask because I don't ever really get a chance to talk to a former NFL quarterback. I, I, <laughs> when you look at certain quarterback coaches certain offensive coordinators there's a track record of developing guys like yourself that become good quarterbacks at the position that can execute the assignments and, and everything necessary and i it's it's just that i've always wondered what is it about those guys because you worked with andy reed doug peterson bill o'brien what separates those guys is it teaching is it, is it the way that their offenses work? What is it about those guys that help to develop young quarterbacks? Um, and then I have a follow-up question about that, that you might have an idea of what it might be after that. 
think it's yeah, it's definitely the teaching portion of it, but not just the teaching. It's kind of being able to relate to your players, right? I think, I mean, Andy installed the offense. Doug installed the offense every day. Like those guys were up there, you know, in, in the team offensive meetings, and they're actually telling you, this is what I want. This is this play. This is how you run this play. Hey, wide receiver tight end, this is the route. This is how I want it run. That way, when you get out in the field, there, there are no miscommunications, right? All that stuff is already covered. It's been covered by the head guy, you know, especially with the offensive guys. Now, I've played for defensive-minded coaches in the NFL, so those situations, the OC installs everything. So when you get on the field, there's no lack of communication, you know, for me. But what have I learned along the way? And, yeah, I've been fortunate to play with a lot of great – uh, you know, for a lot of great head coaches, a lot of great quarterback coaches, a lot of great offensive coordinators. But for me, it's kind of like a trust thing. Um, you know, do I trust you? Do I know you have my back? Do I know that you support me? Are, are we working well together every single day, right? Or are you not feeding me bull crap every day? You know what I mean? And, you know, I mean, there, there, there's a big difference there. Um, you know, is, is it a, a, a good, healthy working relationship where, you know, you're actually listening to what I say because I'm the one playing the game. You know, listen, I understand yeah. you're the coach. I understand you're the coach. I'm very coachable, but I'm out there playing. So if I'm not comfortable with something, you got to understand that I'm not comfortable with it. So either A, don't call it, or two, you know, or, or B, two, or B, I sound B. like, I sound like, what's his name from, uh, from Bob Wallace? Uh, but he goes A and yeah, but, uh, yeah, so A, don't call it, or B, let's figure out a way that we can keep practicing and keep getting better at it because I think that's what made guys like, uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes and Alex Smith so great in Kansas City because I was there in 2018. Patrick was going into his first year as a starter, and even then, if he didn't like a play or if he wasn't comfortable with the play, Andy Reid would take a marker and he would line that play out and he wasn't going to call that play or he wasn't going to run that play, that practice or that – I was only there for the preseason for that preseason game, right? I mean, that's making your, your quarterback feel comfortable. I've also been in positions, guys, where it's game day and I'm a backup quarterback and in the headset it comes, hey, I know you don't like this play, uh, but we got to run this play anyways. So that's, that's the stuff, you know, that I'm talking about. You know what I mean? And it's just I think it's a respect thing as well. Listen, I'm say, again, I said it before, I'm coachable. I respect your opinion. Um, you know, at the end of the day, I'm going to, I'm going to do, you know, what I'm told because you're the coach and I'm the player. Um, but also, man, listen to what I'm saying, because we're just trying to, you know, we're, we're just here every day working hard for the same exact reason to win football games. Yeah. It, and that's that, that is such a, an in-depth view into that, that I think my next question is, you know, do you see that from Mike Yersich? Do you see that quarterback development abilities from Mike Yersich? But is that something you would have to be there and see the relationship between Sean and, and Mike Yersich? Or can you, from, from a thousand feet, can you see the earmarkers um, in some of his other work yeah. about whether or not he is that quarterback developer? Because as we all know, that position, your position dictates the rest of the, the offense and the rest of the team. So getting that higher, right. Getting that offensive coordinator, right. The guy that creatively calls plays and, and brings up the best in his units. Is that something you can see from a thousand feet away? Or is that something you need to be in there to really know and see? Well, I, I mean, I had the chance to get down there for a couple of days in the spring, you know, so I saw it. I mean, I, I okay. saw, the way, saw the way he coaches. I saw how fire he is a fiery. He is. I saw how, 
much he demands out of his quarterback uh, on a daily basis, man. Um, you know, and it seems like he is that guy. You know what I mean? He's that guy that wants to hear what you have to say. Uh, is going to take you know your input into consideration. Um, you know, I think he's a guy that coaches his guys at a very, very high level, um, that NFL level that I was talking about. And obviously his track record has been great, right? I mean, Fields at Ohio State, Sam Ellinger last year at Texas, uh, you know, Mason Rudolph at Oklahoma State. I mean, his quarterbacks have a ton of success. Um, you know, so he clearly prepares his quarterbacks to play well week in and week out. And, you know, I compare this situation to – you know, Bill O'Brien and, and my situation in 2012. I mean, you got a kid going into, you know, his last year of football at Penn State who's coming off not that great of a year. Um, you know, expectations are certainly high for him because we all saw what he did in 2019. Um, and we all thought he was going to take a step forward in 2020, which he hadn't. So again, I think you got a kid that's a good leader. I think you have a kid who his team responds to him. Uh, I think you have somebody who wants to play well. Um, you know, I think, so he's going to take that coaching, um, you know, he needs to act like a sponge in a way and just soak up all the information Mike Yurchich throws his way. And for a guy like Yurchich here in year one as an offensive coordinator, looking to make a statement, I think having a guy like Sean Clifford, um, I think it's a perfect fit. Uh, I have one last question for you. We got to get you out of here. I understand. Um, before that though, as a quarterback, you know that sometimes you got to take what the defense is giving you. Best way to get, you know, cover three, soft corner, pick up the sticks route if you can. And if you are a subscriber to Blue White Illustrated, you're already in the know. But if you want to pick up some extra free yardage, BWI 60, it's the promo code that gets you two months free. Two months free of Blue White Illustrated gets you into the season, gets you inside access from Nate Bauer, from uh, Greg Pickle, from the rest of us here at Blue White Illustrated. And of course, we'll be keeping it down here on the BWI Daily Edition with uh, great guests like Matt McGloin coming on, joining us today. Uh, you mentioned on the Pater podcast a couple weeks ago installing a new offense and how difficult that can be from one season to the other and trying to learn all of that information. Would you rather? learn all that information fresh or have, if in the case of James Franklin, the head coach stays the same, the offensive coordinator changes and they, there's some vernacular, there's some scheme specific stuff that's kept over and you have that kind of marry between the two, or would you rather learn something new as it should be from the offensive coordinator? I think it's, <laughs> I think you need to start over. I, I, I hate the idea of, uh, you know, bringing in a brand new offensive coordinator and saying, hey, listen, you know, here's our offense. But I want traces of Kirk Shiraka's offense, Ricky Ronnie's offense and Joe Moorhead's offense mixed throughout it. Now, I I've always had a problem with Penn State when it comes to like not having some type of system in place, which I think that's made things extremely difficult over the past few seasons here for a guy like Sean Clifford, because mm -hmm. I mean, obviously when Joe Moorhead was there in 16, 17, they've had a ton of success. And then what do they do? They, they hire within the system with Ricky Ronnie. And again, it, I, it's the same system. So Clifford obviously is used to it. He's comfortable with it. Um, but then when you go to a guy like Sharaka and say, listen, you're going to use your offense, but I need this offense too. I think that puts that guy in a very, very tough position. Uh, 
you know, I feel like you're as a quarterback. And again, I don't know, this is all speculation because I don't know what it was like, you know I mean? Inside those those installs or anything like that. I just feel like you're listening to like, you know, two different coaches. You're listening to two different philosophies or two different offenses. And I think, I think it was confusing at times watching Sean Clifford on TV. I think he was unsure at times. Um, I really think that took his confidence away from him. So I mean, I'm hoping it's the Mike Yurchard show. Um, I think that's the only way you move forward. I think that's the only way you can really, you know, maximize this offense's potential. And what I mean by the Mike Yurchard show is, I mean, you want to go from fourth down, it's Mike Yurchard's decision. You want to go for two points, it's Mike Yurchard's decision. Nate, anything else? Uh, I'll give you the final question. If you have one, want to make sure I give courtesy where it is. Oh, thank you so much, T. Frank, always. Uh, Matt, when you look at this team this season, what, you know, you, you don't have to give us the position-by-position position breakdown, but, I mean, what kind of potential do you see from this group this year? Uh, well, listen, I don't think time is on their side. You know what I mean? We're, we're sitting here, what is today, the, uh, the 24th? You know, 11 days out or whatever it may be, 10, day, 10 11 days out from – from you know September 4th uh it's hard and I just know from from my experience in 2012 man it's hard putting a whole entire new offensive system together in such a short time than going out there and performing on Saturdays right out the gate with it I mean we lost we lost the first two games of the season we didn't really start clicking until weeks three four five and six or whatever it may be when we won six in a row uh Having Wisconsin week one doesn't certainly doesn't help them. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I mean, I'd like to think throughout the spring, throughout the summer, Mike Yurchich just threw everything at this offense and said, all right, let's see what sticks throughout this training camp. I hope they really dialed in on what they were good at. Um, and I hope they really just focus on that, especially early on. Cause I think that's one of the ways they can have some success. I think if you go in there with a game plan too big, uh, you know, guys are going to have a lot of questions. There's going to be a lot of uncertainty. So I think less is more, especially early on for Penn State. Matt McGloin. <laughs> Matt McGloin of the Patriot Podcast. You'll see him this fall on BTN as a color analyst for uh, for Big Ten football games. Thanks so much for coming on the BWI Daily Edition. Appreciate it. Right. Anytime, guys. Nate's here as well. We'll be back again tomorrow with analysis from Penn State football as we get information and updates from training camp with James Franklin. I'm Thomas Frank Carr, your host. We'll be back again tomorrow.